listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Renoites. My name is Connor McQuibby. I am your host as always. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Alex Statinsky. Alex is the executive director of the Downtown Reno Partnership, who you may think of as the ambassadors, the folks who ride around on segways downtown. But the Downtown Reno Partnership is much more than that. It is a business improvement district, which I had not really heard that much about or knew much about. And I learned a ton on this episode about what a business improvement district is, how they work, Alex's experience in working with bids in cities like Los Angeles. It was super interesting. I learned a ton. I hope you will too. Thank you very much, Alex, for coming on the show to talk about all the work that you're doing in downtown Reno. Before we get to the episode... This week's episode, as always, is brought to you by DJ Trivia, where I am a host at several venues around town. If you haven't been out to play DJ Trivia, please do. It's super fun. It's free to play. There's prizes to be won. We play trivia at venues all around town in most neighborhoods, Sunday through Thursday nights. Check out DJTriviaNevada.com, and you can find the location nearest to you. Find the host you like, find the restaurant you like, or the bar you like. Go on the night of the week that works best for you. There's tons of options. I hope you'll check it out soon. This week's episode is also brought to you by This Is Reno. This Is Reno is the best source for local news about what's going on in Reno. Subscribe to their daily newsletter. That's what I do. I get the headlines and the articles in my email every day. And I'm also a paid subscriber so that I can get all of their reporting, which I really appreciate. Check them out. This is Reno.com. As always, my email address is Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at Renoites.com. If you have guest suggestions, ideas for episodes, topics I should talk about, any kind of feedback, let me know. Send me an email. And now this week's guest, Alex Statinsky. Alex Statinsky, thank you so much for coming on Renoites. I'm excited to talk to you about the Downtown Reno Partnership. Thanks for having me, Connor. Yeah. So to start, Downtown Reno Partnership, most people know the ambassadors. So the folks on Segways that are driving around downtown, giving people directions, cleaning stuff up, basically being a presence in downtown. But Downtown Reno Partnership is a business improvement district, an organization that is intended to improve the downtown area. And this is what you do. You run this organization. So can we start by talking a little bit about what is a bid, a business improvement district. Can you just give us a crash course on the history of bids and and how they work? Yeah, business improvement districts uh, in the United States have been around since 1975. The first bid in the United States was formed in New Orleans. After that, New York uh, went ahead and formed some more bids. And the real surge for business improvement district happened in the 90s and around 2000 when the bid industry almost exploded to about 1,400 business improvement districts in the country. The state of Nevada currently only has one, that's us. We're the first bid in the state, and we are here to help improve and help revitalize the downtown area in Reno. I can tell you a little bit more about the intentions of bid in general, of bids, of business improvement districts, and how they come about normally, how they're being formed and put to life, if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. I think the the question that I have around bids is who pays for them? How do they come into existence? Like we talked the other day and you compared them a little bit to like an HOA. So can you talk a little bit about how they're funded and who runs them and kind of their their place in the ecosystem of city governments and businesses and where do where do bids fit into that? And in the community. That's a really good question. Business improvement districts normally are formed at request of property owners. So there are certain things that are not working well in an area, in a neighborhood. Uh, Property owners come together and recognize that and they say, okay, since the city doesn't have the means to correct what needs to be corrected or improve what needs to be improved, let's take matters in our own hands and let's request a business improvement district in a particular area. Uh, where then we as property owners voluntarily agree on paying a so-called assessment. That is a complicated formula that is different in every bid, depending on the circumstances. 
the property owners then have to go around and get a petition signed by at least 50% of all property saying that, yes, we are proactively wanting to establish a bid and we are ready to make a contribution annually to fix whatever needs to be fixed in our area. With that petition, and I'm simplifying, with this petition, property owners are going to City Hall and they present it to them. The city examines everything. And again, it's a complicated, complex process that takes about a year. And uh, then they establish a so-called business improvement district. Once it's established with at least 50% support of all property owners, the bid contributions, the assessments will become mandatory for everyone in the area to make it fair because all property owners are enjoying equal benefits uh, in a defined particular area. And that bit then is put into place and a mission statement is developed with particular things that need to be changed or accomplished. The tax assessor's office will collect the money from property owners, give it to the city, and the city then gives it to the business improvement district. And in return, the bid has to demonstrate reports and demonstrate that they are spending the money the way it was supposed to be spent. Okay, got it. So it sounds like it's driven mostly by the businesses and property owners in the downtown core, right? Not the businesses, but by the property owners. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the difference there? Because I always associate these bids with being intended to benefit the business. Like it's called the business improvement district, right? But the residents as well, not that we have a ton of residents downtown, but what is the, what's the mix in downtown Reno as far as residents versus businesses? And it's a growing number right now. We have about 3000 residents in downtown in our area and it's growing in a couple of years. We expect at least 1500 more. And there are a substantial amount of businesses. You're correct. And some of the businesses own the property, then they're being assessed. And some of the businesses are leasing their space from a property owner. And the property owner is responsible to pay the assessment, not the business. Mm -hmm. Some property owners, of course, roll the cost into the lease uh, of businesses. So indirectly, some of the businesses are paying for a portion of it. But we are not billing businesses. We are billing or the, the tax assessor's office is billing property owners only. Okay, got it, got it. Can you talk a little bit about how the relationship works between the bid and the city as far as responsibilities for taking care of things? Like when there is a bid, does the city step back from some of these responsibilities or or how does that whole dynamic work? That's a really good question and it also depends on the setup of the bid. Every bid is unique and has different parameters and also a different structure when it comes to working with the city. Um, Let me talk about Reno. Our relationship with the city is very close. We are partners. We are actually paying money to the city every year uh, for additional clean services that the city is providing to the area. And we're paying the city for additional safe services, police services uh, in the downtown area. So we are paying money to the city. We have regular meetings with the city to make sure that the money is spent the way it was supposed to be spent. So in this this case, we are actually looking to make sure that we can tell our property owners that the money is spent for A, B, and Z, whatever the money is dedicated or allocated for in our Mm -hmm. budget. We have a great relationship with the city. Whenever there's anything that's needed, we can just pick up the phone and call them. And the city overall is actually very appreciative of the additional eyes and ears that we have on the ground, especially public works. You know, they don't really have the manpower to control that all the things are being done the way they're supposed to be done. So they're grateful that we have ambassadors that surveil the area and report any things that need to be corrected or fixed. Mm-hmm. How do businesses generally feel about bids? You said that there needs to be over 50%, so there needs to be obviously some general support for it. But whenever I hear the word HOA, the first thing I think is people freaking hate HOAs. Like they have a bad reputation sometimes. And a lot of people are like, oh, I hate that my HOA is something that I have to contribute to that's annoying to me. Are there businesses yeah. that feel that way or are they generally appreciative and, and liked that we have a bid here in Reno? So again, we're not really dealing with the businesses in this regard. We're dealing with the property owners and the property owners overall are 
very appreciative of the services that the bid is providing and don't mind paying the assessment. I really want to share with you that even during the difficult times that we had through COVID, property owners in general agreed that they should not reduce their contributions. We need to keep the service levels where we are, especially in times where it's dire mm. and where we need additional support for downtown. The property owners overall very much agreed upon that. The The thing that bids in general struggle with to a certain degree, and again, it's very small in our case in Reno, and I'm very happy about that, is the mandatory assessments, you know, where there are property owners that say, why am I forced to pay if I don't care to pay? And we meet with them. It's really just a couple at this point that really voiced uh, concern. And we talk to them, we demonstrate to them what we're providing in services and what people really get for the amount that they're paying. And it's quite a lot because everyone chips in. That means that the, the burden for the individual property owners is kept as low as possible for uh, services that are pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. And so the overall acceptance of that concept is pretty great here in Reno. And, you know, if somebody does not want it, um, again, it happens very rarely, they still are obligated to pay. And we try to explain to them what they're getting for their money and hopefully alleviate the uh, the concern that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think it probably helps for the the typical person who lives in Reno, but not in downtown people are always going to complain about taxes. And I think that having this be an assessment that is paid for by the property owners in the business improvement district makes it easier for everyone in Reno to look at that and say, oh, great, there's something that's being done that the people who are benefiting from it are the ones paying for it. So that seems like a much easier sell than something like raising taxes for more services. We always complain about you know the, the city not being able to do enough or being underfunded. And to have a solution that doesn't involve broad tax increases, but more targeted solutions seems like something that most people would be a little more comfortable with, right? This is a really good point that you're making, and I agree. The return on the investment that property owners make in this area is a lot more immediate and it's more tangible than if it were a tax and it would be used for general purposes. But at the same time, you know, this is semantics that we always try to make sure people understand that there is a severe difference between taxes and assessment. And sometimes it's not seen that way because it is a mandatory payment. And the moment something becomes mandatory, it smells like a tax to people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to you know, keep educating people and, re and, and explain to them that it is not. And there's a very distinct difference between taxes and an assessment or your sewer fee, or as you mentioned, your HOA payments, which are meant to provide benefits for a very specific area to very specific individuals or, or properties. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, bids are doing. And uh, overall, there's consensus in this community that our efforts are worth the investment to a point where there's different areas right now looking at possibly creating other bids using that model, which is pretty successful here in downtown, to improve their neighborhoods as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, we talked a little bit about the history of kind of how bids started. You said they had this big boom and that there's 1,400, there's all over the country, and they've had this time to be tested, to see how they work, to see how the results are. So can you talk a little bit about what bids have done? So you've worked in this industry for a while. You're familiar with kind of how bids work and the results that they've shown so far. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen both in the bids that you've worked on and just generally about the kind of success stories or lessons from bids in the you know recent years? Yeah, I've, I've worked in this industry for on and off almost 20 years now. You are right. I think the time that bids have been in existence has proven for them to be highly effective in most cases. There are a few bids that were mismanaged or they were not really strongly goal-driven, and those fell apart pretty quickly. The majority of bids have been sustaining for many, many years. The average age of a bid, I would say, is around 15 years old by now. So bids kept being renewed because of the substantial benefits that they're providing in their, in their areas. The majority of benefits, so there's every bid is slightly different uh, depending on what's needed in a particular environment. But safe and clean 
services are usually included. Usually bids that get formed have a cleanliness or safety issue of some sort. In addition to that, there's economic development or marketing components that are added to it, sometimes parking. There's all kinds of different things that whatever the needs are in a particular area. In our case, we focus on clean and safe services, marketing services, and economic development services in order to enhance our downtown. Mm -hmm. And before you came to Reno, you worked in Los Angeles, is that right? And that had a pretty big bid story, right? Like LA is had a lot of improvement in recent years. Was that due to a business improvement district? What was your experience in LA? Like, what did you learn from that? And what did, what did that part of your life look like in the bid world? So I started, I started the bid world. I started to actually get to know a bid while I was working for a bid, not even knowing what a bid is. So I was hired as the executive director of the Avenues of Art and Design, which is a business improvement district in West Hollywood. I was hired, I got the job that was supposed to improve the neighborhood in West Hollywood, and I thought that was really cool, and I applied, and I got the job. And for about a year, I had no idea that this is an industry and that there's over a thousand bids uh, in this country. I thought I was kind of on my own with the things that I have to do until I joined IDA, the International Downtown Association, which is the national association that brings all the various bits in the country together uh, at an annual conference. And I met all these different people. They do similar things than I did. And I was just like a kid in a candy store. I was just like, this is amazing. There's all these people that I can ask and consult and we can share information and we deal with very similar issues uh, on a daily basis. And then I moved into downtown Los Angeles, which really experienced a renaissance several years ago. And that renaissance was greatly because of the various bids that exist in downtown. They worked on legislature. They worked on different rules to create uh, ways and opportunities for property owners to redesign their old buildings that they had. They looked at codes and, and zoning issues to make sure that downtown could be created again with the buildings that were there without stifling property owners to an extent where they really couldn't do anything. So bids were really instrumental in moving this forward and creating a resurgence of downtown. And downtown Los Angeles today has many issues still, but it is as vibrant as it hasn't been in a long time. Uh, And that is greatly due to the bids that exist. And I work for one of the largest bids in California that includes the financial district and um, Bunker Hill. So this is sort of the core of downtown that we were part of with all the high rises in there and um, yeah, made a substantial difference in that climate when it comes to clean and safe services, but also attracting people and attracting businesses back Mm -hmm. to downtown Los Angeles. What brought you to Reno? So the downtown Reno partnership is a few years old. Have you been here from the beginning? What was the process of starting a bid in Reno and your involvement and the goals of the bid here specifically for, for our area? Yeah, so there was a visioning exercise that was done uh, for about, uh, I don't know, several months, almost a year, I want to remember. I was not part of that, that community leaders in Reno took on. And it was basically an, an assessment of where are we in Reno, what's working, what's not working. And the overall consensus was that Reno is doing really well, it's thriving, it's expanding, it's growing. But downtown Reno needs some TLC. It really needs to revitalize, be revitalized and a stronger focus put on downtown. So that group then went to Sacramento and looked at a business improvement district there. And it's an old business improvement district. I want to remember it's about 30 years old or so and very successful in what they're doing. And so they were impressed with it and they decided, okay, let's... Let's try that. Let's get a bid started in downtown Reno and see how we're, how we're doing with that. And so they put this bid into place. All the formalities were done that I just mentioned, uh, the, the petition and the, the, the mission statement and the assessment formula and all that was put into place. It was approved by city council. And then they needed to hire somebody to set it up to get it started. And they did a, a search for it. They found me. I was approached by a recruiter. I was very interested about this opportunity, except when I heard where it is. 
and Reno, Nevada, I was in the beginning not very interested because uh, I had a very old notion of what Reno is all about and I was not interested. Coming from Beverly Hills, I was living in Beverly Hills then, I thought that it's not really an environment that I'm interested in. They encouraged me to put my name in the hat anyway, and I did. I became one of the finalists, and the board invited me to fly out to Reno and meet with them. And I did, and I was absolutely floored by what Reno is today. I had no idea. I mean, it's, it was amazing people, great thought leaders, people that I could connect with and relate to. And then I looked at downtown and I saw opportunity at every street corner. I was like, my God, there's so much that we can do to improve the area and the quality of life in downtown. And I got the job offered and I made the decision to move after almost over 25 years living in uh, Los Angeles uh, to come to Reno. And I am loving it. I'm really enjoying it. I love my job here. I love the people that I work with. I have an amazing team of hardworking individuals that really are making sure that our mission statement is fulfilled and we are doing our job. Mm -hmm. And the mission statement, um, you know, when you talk about the goals, what goals the bid has is, as I said, threefold. We have a safe and clean division. We have at this point 24 ambassadors um, that are roaming uh, downtown, make sure that it's clean, it's safe, it's friendly. Uh, we are touching base with visitors. We're showing them, giving them directions, so showing them places to go. We connect with the transient community in our downtown to make sure that they are attended to and they're cared after. We are not just telling them that they can't be where they are. We invite them to be here, but we also show them some basic rules. Uh, you know, this is what you can and this is what you cannot do uh, in our environment. And we help you with any services that you need to be connected to so that you can improve your own personal situation. We also, as I mentioned, pay an amount of money every year to the police department so that we receive additional attention, additional services for downtown. And that is going really well at this point. The police department and the ambassadors are working very closely, hand in hand. And that's actually something that I want to speak to briefly. You know, when people talk about defunding the police, which I disagree with, I don't like the term defunding. I would like to replace that term with something called smart funding, because we have police departments that need more funds. In my opinion, Reno actually needs more funds. I think the police department is underfunded, but programs like the ambassador program, you know, can augment what the police is doing and take their time and put it into the areas that they're supposed to spend the time on, which is really addressing crime and the nuisance related issues, the smaller issues dealing with uh, individuals on the streets of downtown, the ambassadors can do, and they do, and they take a lot of this off the police's plate. It's a way to really make sure that the resources that we're putting into the police department is spent where it needs to be spent. And we spend less and we spend more effectively through ambassadors for these other smaller things that need to be addressed on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's the that's a clean and safe portion. Then we have an economic development portion. We are a resource for developers, for investors. We proactively reach out to them to make sure that they understand what downtown Reno is becoming, giving them data, giving them facts to help them make an educated decision when they look at downtown Reno as a possible location. We work with businesses. When um, we had the COVID situation, you probably know that the rules and the opportunities for businesses to get some funding changed literally every day. And we made sure that we curate all this and communicate all this information to our business community to make it a little bit easier for them to get the help they need. And then we have an, a marketing department uh, that's there to market our business community to make sure people understand, especially in, in Reno and around Reno, the drive market, uh, understand what we have, what kind of new businesses are coming to downtown, what you can do to really enjoy yourself in downtown. And 
alleviate to a certain extent the reputation downtown has had, which is, you know, there's really nothing going on and there's so much going on and there's a lot more going on in the future. And we want to make sure that uh, that message goes out. Mm. We also educate people about our own organization, what we do, uh, what the ambassadors are doing to make and keep downtown clean and safe and friendly for people to come and visit downtown again. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned seeing downtown as having a lot of opportunity, which is always the way that I think of downtown Reno is we've developed all these neighborhoods around downtown. Reno is growing in population. More people are moving here. You know, it's right by the river. There's a lot of features of downtown that make it really appealing. And we're just missing some pieces. And it sounds like you have the same kind of idea of potential for downtown and it can always be getting better. And that's part of the goal. I do want to go to what you mentioned about the impact with police and the relationship with police, because one of the things that I heard about downtown Reno partnership is that since you've been in place, there've been much fewer police calls. Is that part of the goal of downtown Reno partnership is to, again, resolve some of these smaller issues that we don't want to be wasting police time and energy and that you have people who are capable of de-escalating conflicts or providing resources to uh, maybe unhoused people downtown is part of the like specific goal and mission to be kind of an in-between or an alternative to seeing the cops rolling down the street all the time and making downtown feel like it's has a heavy police presence. Like the ambassadors are a obviously a much kind of like friendlier vibe than, you know, cops with guns and stuff. Absolutely. And the partnership has been important to us from the very beginning when we started the bid. Uh, we became very close with the police department. We educated the police department on the ambassadors also. The police also had to learn what the ambassadors are and what they can do to support the police's efforts on a daily basis. Um, and by now, we're at a point where the majority of the police force really understands the value the ambassadors bring on the streets of downtown Reno. And yes, uh, the ambassadors are there to connect to alleviate issues, to mediate issues, to de-escalate situations when they when they occur. And um, the crime, the reported crime, nuisance-related crime in downtown has been reduced by f- almost 50% since the ambassadors got involved and established in downtown. And that is a number that actually comes from the police department itself. Mm. Uh, the ambassadors receive, we have a hotline and we encourage everyone to use that hotline if they see anything that should not be or that's of concern. We receive about 250 phone calls on average a month on our hotline. These are all calls that used to go to the police and they're now coming to us and we deal with the majority of them. And then if it has to be, we get the police involved. But we are kind of the entity that screens things and filter things so that the police has a little bit of an easier life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interestingly, like the defund the police argument is generally instead of putting all this money towards police, which often leads to greater conflict or problems, the idea is, oh, replace police with a better with something else that's better. And it sounds like the ambassador program is kind of meeting that need of you, you know, take the high conflict police situations out of the picture, you replace them with something that is a little bit more suitable for the situation at hand. So it's not defunding the police, but it is a better allocation no. of funds, right? Absolutely. And 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 I'd be careful with the word replace. We're not replacing the police by any means. We're augmenting what the police is doing and we're taking things off their place that they don't have to deal with, but we're not replacing anybody. You know, the police is as strong as it has been. It needs to get even stronger. The ambassadors are really there to assist the police with these more inferior, more minor issues that they're dealing with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. What the police is not supposed to be doing and what the ambassadors are more equipped to do is forging relationships with our transient community, the houseless community that we have in downtown is a big issue. And uh, it takes a long time to potentially convert somebody to a place where he or she is willing and ready to check into a treatment program or to look for 
transitional and then hopefully sometime permanent housing and get off the streets. That's not just something that will happen overnight. That's something that needs massaging, that needs educating, that needs tending to individuals, sometimes for six or seven months until somebody is ready to say, okay, show me where I need to go. I'm ready to make a change in my life. That's not the police's job. And the ambassadors take that on. Right now, we have two licensed social workers in our team, and we have a total of five social outreach specialists. And they do nothing all day but really connecting with that houseless community and making sure that they know that there are services for them, that there are people there to help them uh, along if they are ready to make a change in their lives. Awesome. That's great to hear. It's good to know that that's a big part of the role of the ambassadors because that is the most visible part of the Downtown Reno Partnership, right? When I think of Downtown Reno Partnership, I do think of the ambassadors on the segways cruising around downtown. Can you talk a little bit about the other responsibilities of the ambassadors? What are they hired to do? Like, What's their job description and where do they cover? What's the zone that they cruise around and what are they, what are they doing all day? So the ambassadors are hired to make it really uh, short to make downtown cleaner, safer, and friendlier. That's the slogan. And it really encompasses everything they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to look at things that are not clean, uh, that are hazardous, things that need to be addressed. And they either fix it themselves if it's really small, or they report it to the city so that the city can take care of them. They are guides in downtown. They have this international eye logo on their sleeves which should encourage visitors that are from out of town to walk up to them and say, excuse me, can you tell me where X, Y, and Z is? Can you tell me a good restaurant for me to go and have lunch? I like Italian. Is there anything that you recommend? Excuse me, I'm looking for X, Y street. Do you know where that street is? Where do I need to go? Uh, Ambassadors give directions all day long. The ambassador is also supposed to check in with businesses every day. They walk in and say, hey, how are you doing? Is everything good? Anything that we should know about, anything that we can help you address. And little conflicts that existed, uh, ambassadors were able to alleviate by that type of proactive visit. Businesses overall love seeing the ambassadors come and check in because they feel like they're taken care of and they're, they're cared for. So these are all things ambassadors are doing aside from addressing the homelessness issue that we have. Mm-hmm. So they're really there to be guides on the street and make sure that downtown is and remains clean and safe. But like you mentioned, so it's not just the ambassadors and the clean and safe. There's also this promoting downtown and messaging around what downtown is and working on the reputation of downtown Reno. I think there is still this notion of what downtown Reno is that doesn't always align with the reality. I think some parts of it are true. Like to say that downtown is dead is not true. But there are times when I walk downtown, and I, there's still a lot of closed businesses and there's not always, you know, a, a thriving community on the street like that are out and about and walking around and things. Right. But there is a lot of things happening in general. Like downtown is not it's not dead. There is activity. There are events. So can you talk a little bit about the actions that you guys take? to promote downtown Reno and to kind of reshape the narrative of, of what downtown is for people who are trying to learn about what downtown Reno is? The, uh, the marketing that we're doing, the outreach to social media through events that we hold, like our quarterly town halls, or this morning we had a forum where we talked about the difficulty that especially small businesses and restaurants have to hire people right now. You know, these things we do so that people really see that, okay, downtown is moving along, downtown is morphing and changing, and is really proactive. Uh, You mentioned the businesses that are still lacking on our streets, there's still vacancies. There's still a lot of not super attractive businesses in places where there should be incredibly attractive businesses. Uh, And I think this is something that is a long-term development that will happen over time. When we start to attract businesses to come to downtown, there's always critical mass that companies are looking at. It's as simple as that. It's a numbers game. If we have enough residents that live in downtown, they will come. And that's what we're working on. As I said, we are increasing our inventory of apartments and condominiums by over 
1,500, almost 2,000 the next two years or so. So this is a substantial amount of residents that will be added to downtown. And that will make downtown much more attractive to businesses to come and open stores in there. Once they're open, it will change the, the foot traffic that you have on downtown. All of a sudden, we have some really awesome, viable, hip and happening businesses, and it will change the clientele that we see on the uh, sidewalks as well. Mm -hmm. Placemaking is another really important component that we're working on, and that also changes the feel of downtown and the attractiveness of downtown for people that live in downtown, but also people that come and visit. And the, uh, the latest big improvement that we're able to put into place is the locomotion plaza. It's the retrack area between the Whitney Peak and the El Dorado that used to be a really drap looking gray slap of concrete that is now converted to an incredible piece of art. There's this gigantic mural that covers the entire lid and landscaping with over 20 trees and over uh, 1,500 plants to the north and the south. So this area now it looks completely different and it's a vibrant spot uh, in our downtown and things like that will will happen in addition to our locomotion plaza. The uh, Harris project, you know that it's one of the biggest conversion projects in the country by the way right now. They convert the two Harris casino towers into over 500 residences several stories of office space and then retail on the ground floor. They will have a little park in front of their building that will be accessible by the public and will again, once again change the feel and the vibe of downtown once that's done. Uh, and we're working on other little projects uh, to just continue to enhance and beautify the neighborhood. And I think that overall will attract visitors because they want to see the art and uh, the beauty that's created in downtown, and it will also make it easier for investors and for businesses to decide to come to downtown because it's a really nice environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the challenges with Reno is that the business downtown is dominated by casinos that want to keep people inside, which makes it harder to have this kind of like lively street life. Like we don't have small shops and small cafes and a lot of doors, basically. Like you can walk down an entire block and all you have along the sidewalk is the side of a casino. So I'm always interested in what can be done to have smaller businesses and more kind of activity on the street, even though the casinos might be full and downtown might have a lot of activity, but you don't see it when you drive down the street and you don't realize it's there. So the perception, even if downtown is doing well for these biggest businesses, that doesn't read when you're driving down the street. Right. And this is something that even the casinos recognize at this point. They realize that a vibrant uh, street uh, life in downtown Reno benefits them as well. Even though you're right, their business model is let's keep people inside the casino walls. Let's make sure that we provide everything they need and want within our walls so that they don't have to leave. They also realize that for perception purposes and to attract a certain demographics that is currently not that interested in coming, there needs to be a vibrant street life as well. And they are more and more supportive of creating that along Virginia and adjacent streets. Mm -hmm. Do you have a good working relationship with those casinos and an ability to kind of influence not just the casinos, but I guess all these downtown businesses, do you have an influence on what they see downtown being able to be? Are you able to give them that message of your vision of downtown and maybe change some minds about the way that they should be doing things? Is that part of the job of downtown Reno partnership is not just to help these property owners, but to persuade them to your vision of what downtown Reno should be? It's less persuasion from us than collaboration. The business improvement district really is the the leader when it comes to making sure that businesses and property owners are collaborating and they're all expressing a vision or developing a vision of what they would like their downtown to be in five or 10 years. So we're working currently on a visioning strategy, on a visioning plan 
where we get all kinds of different stakeholders and groups, interest groups within the downtown area involved and express their vision and their understanding of what they would like to see in downtown in the future, what it feels like, what kind of amenities downtown should have in the future. And we are putting this all together uh, into a plan and then present it to City Hall, present it to developers that are purchasing businesses and trying to redevelop them. We engage in conversations with them and we cannot tell them what they do with their buildings that they purchased, but we can educate them on what the what the desire is of the community in downtown in general. And they're very open in general to listening to that and see whether they can mold what they're doing with that building into something that fits the vision of downtown. We're leading that type of development and we have a great working relationship with the casinos. Absolutely. And we're not needed really to convince them or to persuade them of a certain idea that downtown needs to be vibrant and needs to have some foot traffic and things like that. They know that on their own. We're all kind of on the same page. The The question is only how do we get there? What steps should we take that are the smartest and most appropriate steps to really get that development on underway? Mm -hmm. What about you personally? What's your vision for downtown? If you got to make all the calls and everything didn't have to go through the process, you said you're, you know, you're new to Reno a few years ago and it, your perception of it changed as soon as you got here, but you've come from bigger cities, you've worked with these business improvement districts. So what's your personal goal or vision for Reno? I live in downtown, by the way. I'm a resident in downtown myself, and I very much enjoy it. And I would love to see exactly what we just talked about, more foot traffic, more viable businesses that are interesting to me as a consumer as well. I would love to see more beautiful spaces. So a lot of the things that I envision for downtown, we already have addressed or we're in the process of addressing. The placemaking that we've done with the, uh, with the retract lid, is something that was dear to my own heart and fit into the vision that I've had for downtown. Vibrant spaces, spaces that people love to come and frequent and 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 make people happy, make people, you know, put in a in a mood that is positive instead of drab and negative. And the same with strolling up and down Virginia. My vision is that this will become a strollable main street again where there's vibrancy because we have all these awesome restaurants and retail places to experience that are, that are interesting to, to mainstream consumers and speak to them. And that's really it. That's all we, we need. And we, we already, we have the bones. We just need to fill in and make sure that uh, everything comes together uh, nicely. And it's not just Virginia, it's also the adjacent streets, it's Second Street, it's Sierra. You know, the, there are endless opportunities right now to revitalize these areas with really awesome retail and uh, restaurants and other other businesses. Mm -hmm. So Downtown Reno Partnership has been in effect, what is it, three years now? Yeah, we started in 2018. Okay. Uh, I started my job here in September of 2018, so I'm finishing my third year here. We've come a long way. I mean, I'm really proud of what the bid was, what my team was able to accomplish. I have an incredible board of directors. Part holds uh, currently as the chair. Cindy Carano was the chair before that, and she's actually part of the Carano family, part of the casino family, the most prominent casino family in the area, and she's just an amazing individual who understands the needs of their family business, but she also understands the need of the community. She's been part of the fabric of this community all her life, and she completely understands what needs to be done so that it serves the greater good of the community. And we just, I, I cannot be happier with the board that we have and with the diversification of our board members uh, that represent almost all categories of property owners in the area, whether it's nonprofit, whether it's big business, small business, um, residents, you know, they're all represented on the board level. And we have some very powerful, amazing community members that are part of the board. That makes a big difference uh, for us to get things done. Mm -hmm. 
What have you learned in the last few years? Have you had any challenges? Is it what you expected? Uh, were there any things that didn't go to plan as you thought they would? Kind of what are the the big lessons from the last few years now that you've had your feet on the ground for a little bit? One lesson is that, you know, <laughs> it's really the same in every single community and city that I worked at, including Reno. You know, in the beginning, I thought Reno would be different. Uh, because it is much smaller. Uh, people are a lot more open to change. They're hungry for change. Whereas communities like Beverly Hills or Santa Monica or West Hollywood, they're not that hungry for change. They're more concerned about retaining and keeping things the way they are because they're just great. And sometimes, you know, they're their own enemy because they start to stifle development and the evolution of things. I thought that it's much easier in Reno. And to a certain degree it is, but the difficulty to get things done is almost as big as in other communities. You know, it takes a lot of rallying and a lot of tenacity and, you know, going back and back and back again to the same groups or offices or, or, or individuals to finally get something realized. Even in a smaller community like Reno that is hungry for change, it's still not that easy to realize certain things. Uh, it still takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think patience is valuable when you're dealing with any kind of large organization or community <laughs> or, you know, city government, whatever, at all levels, from the city government all the way up, everything, yep. um, every big project, private or governmental, everything always takes longer than expected. And everything is always a little bit more of a challenge, I think, than, than we yep. wish it would be. And that was probably the biggest lesson for me to learn that it's the same here. It's the same than any other community. It takes a long time and you just have to be tenacious and um, diplomatic and to make sure that you do things the way they need to be done. There's politics everywhere, mm -hmm. even in a smaller community like Reno, uh, and you just have to work with it. And uh, at the end of the day, you get things done and that's what thrills me. That's what I get excited about. You know, when I see results... And these results happen because of the tenacity of my team, the tenacity of my board, the tenacity of myself. I, I'm thrilled. That's great. What else do you want people to know about the downtown Reno partnership or development in Reno or the downtown neighborhood in general? Um, what did we miss? I would encourage everyone to come to downtown again. Come and take a peek. You know, it's not dangerous. It's not as dirty and unpleasant as some people still think it is. A lot of people have changed their opinion on downtown. There is a lot more traffic coming to downtown than there has been in a long time. And people really enjoy themselves here. And I would just encourage uh, people to do that more and give it a shot. Give it another try. It has changed already. I had visitors from Los Angeles, friends of mine that knew Reno from 10 or 15 years ago. And all three that came to visit so far and independent from each other were going like, wow, what happened? I don't recognize downtown. It looks so much nicer and so much cleaner. And I don't really see it because I'm entrenched in it every day. <laughs> so, you know, but people that just come from outside of downtown that have not been in Reno for a long time absolutely notice a difference. And that's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. The second thing is go to downtownreno.org. That's a little plug for us and subscribe to our newsletter. Our marketing manager, Mike Higdon is curating an amazing little newsletter that he puts out about once a month with new information about downtown, new businesses opening up, new developments, just really interesting things for people to know about downtown. We don't spam people, we don't give out email addresses, but we educate people that subscribe to the newsletter of events that we do, uh, town halls that we have, forums like the one that happened today. And uh, if you're interested, then you can choose to participate. So just stay in the know, be involved, uh, be curious, and, and keep looking at downtown once in a while and observe and enjoy the differences that, that are happening over time. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, no, I second that. Go downtown. Any listeners, please go go downtown. I talk about downtown all the time as this potential, so much potential for downtown, but it needs the people to actually go check it out. And the best people to do that, obviously we have tourists coming to downtown that are staying in the casinos and maybe walking around downtown, but locals, we need, we want the locals to, to come back. So many, there's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people in the Reno area. So if we go spend a little money downtown and spend a little time downtown, that makes the difference in creating the kind of downtown community that we've been talking about. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the show. It was really good to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time and I'm appreciative of all the work that everyone is doing to make downtown better in different ways. There are everyone from the residents downtown to the businesses, to the people who are going downtown to spend money. It is a collaborative community effort. And I think that everyone is playing a different part. And I'm glad to hear that the downtown Reno partnership has the same kind of goals for downtown that I do and the same kind of vision for what it can be. So thanks for the work that you're doing. I'm glad that you're out there doing it every day. And thank you for coming on the show to tell us about it, because I think a lot of people don't really necessarily know how bids work, and they probably see the ambassadors and assume that they're just some kind of city employee, and they don't know any of the background of the the structures that go into place to make things like that possible. So thank you for coming on to explain a little bit about it. Absolutely. And thank you, Connor, for the opportunity to speak about this and Thank you for your show and for exposing and, and, and talking about things in Reno that are of interest to everyone. Uh, thanks for your work as well. Listeners, thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Renoites. And special thanks to my guest, Alex Datinsky, for coming on the show to tell me all about how the Downtown Reno Partnership and Business Improvement Districts work. I feel like I learned a ton. I hope you did too. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and let people know about it. I don't do a lot of advertising. This is a new podcast. I'm always trying to let people know about it. We have hundreds of thousands of people in the Reno area, and I'm hoping that this show could provide a lot of information and entertainment for tons of them, but they won't know about the show unless you tell them. So share this episode, let people know on social media. If you really like the show, leave me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That helps people find the show as well. Anything you can do to help me spread the word, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of the support so far on the show. I'm really enjoying doing it, and I'm very glad that you are here along listening. That's all I've got for you this week. See you next time. (laughs) 